This is a Federal News Network podcast. The ban on federal contractor use of certain Chinese-made equipment, well, it's getting to be something of a nightmare. The ban starts in less than a month. The rule for how to facilitate the ban is barely out, though, from the Federal Acquisition Regulation Council. Here with analysis, Miller and Chevalier partner Jason Workmaster. Mr. Workmaster, good to have you on. Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This rule has been long awaited because the law that caused this ban does go into effect or orders contractors to do or not do certain things by August 13th. Give us the status. Is there time for formal rulemaking or does this proposed rule just become effective? This interim rule will become effective on August 13th. The only thing at this point that would really stop or change anything would be if Congress passes legislation that changes the effective date of the legislation. Because the August 13th date, Congress itself uh, established a couple years ago back in the 2019 NDAA, which was passed back in 2018. So this date has been coming for a while. It was established by Congress. We were hoping to see rules much sooner than this. You know, according to uh, the regulators, the COVID pandemic got in the way of getting this rule out sooner. So now it's coming out here with just about a month, you know, came out just about a month before the rule goes into effect. Like I said, unless Congress does something, uh, that's what's going to happen uh, on August 13th. Well, did industry that's affected by this have any chance to weigh in with comments in any kind of proposal before this rule came out? There was actually, before everything shut down, back in February, March, DOD held a public meeting where there was a, you know, a lot of folks in attendance, a lot of industry that got to you know, at least state their views for uh, pretty much the entire time since Congress passed uh, this legislation a couple years ago through that public meeting. You know, uh, industry's response has been, this is going to be, if you read this legislation and, and now this, this rule, for all their worth, this could be a very heavy compliance burden, a lot of cost involved. And there was discussion with the government back at that public meeting about how broad the ban is, you know, because the ban extends to the use of any system, equipment, or service that uses any of the banned technologies. So, you know, what does it mean to use any of these systems? What does it mean to use these technologies? You know, and DOD said that's very broad, and that's what we're seeing in the rule. Before we get into the specifics of the rule, I just want to nail down this idea that this law passed a couple of years ago, and the rulemaking did not really come up with a rule until three weeks before the deadline after two years, and they're blaming the pandemic. Have I got that right? You are correct. You are you are correct. You know, I think that the thought was they would have gotten a rule out maybe in March or so. I mean, you know, the only thing I can say is that this is better than what happened last year, because as you probably know, this legislation had two different bans in it. The first ban, which was a narrower ban, the rule for that came out the day it went into effect. So that ban went into effect August 13, 2019, and that's the day the rule issued, and it had immediate effect. So in this case, they actually got the rule out a little sooner than they did last year. But really, under the standards that we've come to expect in rulemaking, this doesn't quite live up to them, does it? This is really, you know, for the contracting industry, this is a very frustrating place to be in. You know, without really a meaningful opportunity 
to provide formal comment on this rule before it goes into effect. You know, the, the public meeting was, you know, helpful, but yes, you know, we, we would have preferred greatly to have seen rules on this a year ago and have been able to, you know, go through the normal process of proposed rule and then you comment and, you, you know, industry works it out with the government sure. uh, before you see this just rule hit the street. We're speaking with Jason Workmaster. He's a partner at the law firm Miller and Chevalier. And let's get to the rule itself. What's in it and what kind of trouble does it propose for contractors now? This rule, uh, it bans the government. It prohibits the government from entering into a contract with any entity that uses, and that's the word in the statute, uses, and it's the, the word in the rule, any system, equipment, or service that uses certain banned Chinese telecommunications technologies. Chief among them are Huawei telecommunications equipment. Also, ZTE is specifically called out. Uh, you know, the concern, of course, is security. Uh, the government wants to get, you know, Huawei ZTE equipment out of technology systems here in the United States. And so this would, you know, on its face, and as the rule says, you know, this would prohibit the government from awarding a contract to any entity you know, that uses that equipment. And so, you know, of course, the Huawei and ZTE equipment is ubiquitous. So DOD actually in this rule has recognized that you know, if this goes into effect, the cost to comply with this is going to be quite steep. And so we've been talking, you know, you know, we've been talking to clients now for a good while about what they can be doing to get uh, ready for this. And, you know, even just taking an inventory of your systems to determine if you have any of this equipment, that's a significant thing. And the other piece of this is that, you know, where it says that it will prohibit the government from contracting with an entity that uses, you know, services that use this equipment well, you know, that extends down your supply chain. So if you're using, you know, a subcontractor, you know, to perform a service for you and they use the equipment, you know, there's an argument there that that is within the reach of the ban as well as any other, you know, vendors you might use. It sounds like there could be a lot of capricious application of it, especially as it gets deep into a subcontractor's supply chain or a contractor's subs. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, what the prime is going to have to do to determine, you know, if its subs have the equipment, this new rule does say that the prime contractor does not have to conduct an audit, but it says that they need to make a reasonable inquiry. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a lawyer uh, who's uh, worked uh, in this field for a, a good while now, you know, when you have terms like reasonable inquiry, that's the kind of thing that often is in the eye of the beholder. And it's the kind of standard that, you know, down the road, that's the kind of thing where you can get into, you know, fights and litigation over, you know, well, did you really perform a, a reasonable inquiry or not? And, uh, you know, that leaves room for, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking and second guessing. Yes. But just to play devil's advocate for a second here, knowing for two years that this was eventually going to happen, couldn't the companies have done that inventory and devised a plan for switching out that equipment over time so it doesn't all have to be discovered and replaced at once? Absolutely. And, and contractors have known about, for about, about this for a while, you know, and a lot of contractors have been getting ready for this. But, and also, but in the absence, there remained a hope that, you know, when the rule came out, the rule would put a little bit more meat on the bones of what it meant to use this equipment, and the rule really did not do that. So, you know, there was a lot of hope in the contracting community 
that the regulators, you because know, there's there's a that's a you know use is a very broad word, and there could be various interpretations of it. And there was some, I, I think, part of it was a, a chicken and egg problem. The, the industry was thinking, well, there might be. You know, what standard are we actually having to comply with? Is it going to be as broad as possible, you know, under the the statutory language, or are the regulators going to put up some fences around exactly what it is we need to do? So there was a, you know, a little bit of confusion for this entire time as to, you know, what the standard exactly was going to be. And so, you know, to your point earlier, you know, we would have hoped to have seen proposed rule long ago so that these issues could have been worked out. Because, you know, any time a contractor is going to start incurring costs like this, they want to make sure that they're applying the correct standards so they don't have to do it two or three times. But that didn't happen. And uh, now we're, you know, staring at, uh, you know, just a few weeks from now, this thing goes into effect. Sounds like maybe a better standard would have been, instead of use, would federal data or, say, unclassified but sensitive yes. data, CUI data, have contact with that particular equipment as opposed to it being that, in, that, the, in the parking lot surveillance system? <laughs> right. Exa- that's exactly right. And there's actually, you know, there's legislative activity going on right now on the Hill to amend this ban in exactly that direction, to limit the ban to use of the equipment on your government contracts, which would be a much narrower ban, a lot easier to figure out. You know, you can figure out what your federal business is and see if you're using this equipment in your federal business without having to worry about, you know, completely commercial activities you're engaged in, you know, or G&A, you know, just, just overall business operations. You wouldn't have to worry about those. It would be just directed to government contracting. But that legislation has been proposed, but it, you know, has not yet been adopted. So right now the ban remains overall use. So in the meantime, it sounds like a great bonanza for, say, Cisco. For sure, yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, 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 it is a great bonanza for, uh, you know, anybody that's not on the list. You know, regardless of whether this proposed legislation passes that narrows the ban or, you know, there's also consideration to push the ban out for another year uh, that Congress is considering, you know, regardless of whether any of that happens, the message we've been telling our clients, you know, a, a ban of some type is coming. And we've known about that, you know, the ban last year prohibited the government from procuring this kind of equipment itself. The ban this year is a lot broader, but we've known for a long time. I mean, the, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. You know, we can see what just happened over in the UK. Huawei and ZTE equipment are not going to be on the preferred provider list anytime soon. So, you know, that this is something the contracting community, regardless of the exact contours of how this ends up, are going to have to, you know, be living with for a good while. And of course, that uh, is to you know companies like Cisco's benefit. Jason Workmaster is a partner with the law firm Miller & Chevalier. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second. Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.